Welcome to the V Podcast, where we interview inspiring people from the vegan community. Together, we're going to talk about health, ethics, sustainability, fitness, and the list goes on. Here's your host, Andrea Ronica. Hello and welcome back to the next episode of the V Podcast. Hope you're doing well and you stay safe during these hard times. In today's episode, I thought we could take the time to talk about Anonymous for the Voiceless, a non-profit animal rights organization specializing in using conversation and standard practice footage to edify the public about animal exploitation. And I'm happy to announce that the guest of today's episode is Paul Bashir, co-founder and director of AV. Thank you, Paul, for being here with us. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Before this interview, like I had a chance to read about you on AV website, and I'd love you to share with our listeners your story and how you became an activist. Uh, my story on how I became an activist? Sure. And also a bit of your background, if you, if you want to, just to understand where you come from. Yeah, sure. Uh, before I was doing activism, I was doing music. I was writing and recording hip hop music, rapping, and um, and then I stopped feeling compelled to do that. And something bigger I felt like was calling me. And it took me a few years to properly listen to that calling and act on it because I didn't quite understand it. And it took me a few years to work it out. So, um. So in my late 20s, I became raw vegan and started getting really deep into the health aspects because I felt like that would be a good way of helping me to listen to such a thing, um, to what my vocation was and really like pay attention to what my, what my direction was. And, um, and in that process of looking after myself and trying to take care of my well-being, being raw vegan and studying all the nutritional um, science that was out there um, and even doing two years of a naturopathy degree myself and then also getting a certification through the E. Cornell, um, T. Colin Campbell Foundation online. Um, I started consulting people. I ran a blog called The Health Cosmos. I started making YouTube videos under that brand name and I started um, posting recipes and I had a Twitter account I would make um, make tweets on and I started really passionately going in that direction. But then I stumbled across animal rights activists and the most notable would be Gary Urofsky and his speech, the best speech you'll ever hear. And that's when I truly got to understand the meaning of veganism. And that's when the penny dropped for me that the most important aspect of what I was doing in my life at that point was not that I was detoxing, but I was no longer responsible for the world's largest injustice. And when those truths became real to me and I could see them clearly, um, it all just fell into place that I not only became vegan, but shortly after becoming vegan, I 
became an activist? Well, it actually took me a couple of years after going vegan. I'll say a year and a half to two years before I started doing activism because I felt like a bit of a fraudulent vegan at the time because I was in a relationship with someone who seemed committed to not being vegan and would hide animal product consumption from me. Um, um, and sometimes not even hide it from me. And so when I, when I got out of that relationship, when we broke up, I had this sense of relief in the sense that I could feel more at one with who I was and where I was going. And at that point I became an activist shortly after that point, I started going to animal rights gigs and, you know, holding up signs and doing these silent vigils in the city of Melbourne. And I also started doing other things with the local organization here. We started doing pay-per-view outreach, which is where you ask people to watch a four minute clip and you pay them $2. Um, I did, I did that a couple times and, um, I did other things as well, but like volunteer work to help out a little sanctuary or clean up the head office of this organization for them and things like that, do runs. Um, but a lot of the activism that was going on really frustrated me because it just seemed like nothing was really moving forward nothing there was no like results that i could tangibly see or or invest my confidence and hope into so um yeah so at the time i met asal um around this time i met asal and then while we were dating we had this idea to get out into the streets and, you know, to do what you may know of as Earthings experience. And we took inspiration from that and we started molding what the world now knows as the Cube of Truth over the course of 17 events in Melbourne. So we did 17 of these street actions before we were calling it the Cube of Truth, but only calling it that locally in Melbourne. Um, but the organization Anonymous for the Voiceless was formed after the second cube that we did or the second action that we did. Back then we called it Thousand Eyes Experience, um, which was a play on Earthings Experience. And we were showing people Thousand Eyes, which is a four-minute clip um, that was put together by activists here in Australia. But anyway... Um, then we went to Thailand to focus full time on making this a global thing. And that's in that seven months is where things completely skyrocketed and um, just spread like wildfire around the world. You know, soon enough, we had 50 chapters, then 100 chapters. And, um, and then we changed the name to Cuba Truth and we started to really refine what we were doing. And since then, it's just been an ever-growing process of refining. Um, and now we're at the point where our outreach approach is very much refined. Um, we're only at 2.5 in terms of 
where that is, 2.5, um, meaning it's not very, it's not very advanced at this point, um, but it's it, we're, we're confident that it's so refined that we're able to present this as an official protocol to people, and yeah, and it's it's a lot more refined than I believe any other outreach approach is in the animal rights movement. So the outreach approach and the actual cube of truth action itself, which we see as an art performance, which brings people to us an art performance that contains real footage of what's happening in the real world. Um, and a form of activism that I think demands respect and, um, you know, really does create a space for conversation about a serious topic like this. And there's no more serious topic. Like I said, this is the biggest injustice in the world. So that's, that's my story. And that's how I became an activist. Yeah, no, that's absolutely interesting. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, for those who don't know, what's a cube of truth? Yeah, that, that, that's why I kind of explained it a bit for those who don't know what I'm talking about. So a cube of truth is an art performance. It's an action that is taken on the streets where we form in a cube structure. Um, activists stand in the cube, forming a, a cube structure, holding screens and signs and um, everything is calculated and is planned methodically. And we then have the outreach element of these actions, which is a team of activists who, ha who have conversations with people, who interact with people. But we don't talk to people who are just there to troll or waste our time or aren't willing and open to take an issue like this seriously. We move on very quickly, or at least we ought to. And um, we are only there for those who are open and willing to have a real conversation with us about this. And, and otherwise, we just tell people the truth and we keep things really simple because this is a simple message. And when people are ready to take action on the truth that we are giving them, which cannot be debated really, it can be, but it will always fail. Um, and um, whether they act is on them, but that's our job is to tell people the truth at these actions and to show them the truth. Sure. And uh, I remember when I like started doing activism myself and um, I really liked the way, you know, the cube of truth was organized because like people were actually approaching you, you weren't approaching people. So if they approach you, it means they are like interested in what you're going to say or they want to know more. And indeed, like one of the first questions you ask when people approach you is like, would you like to know more? At least it was like that at the beginning. I don't know if it changed during time, but you always ask like if they want to know more and if they say yes, then it means they're interested in what you're doing and they want to like try to understand what's behind their choices. And, you know, so absolutely, I totally understand what you're saying. And um, so what kind of practices like are you exposing like? What kind of videos are on the screens? Like I said, the biggest injustice in the world, which is the animal holocaust. Sure. Yeah. So we're showing people specifically what is happening to non-human animals at the hands of humans. And it's ugly. It's yeah. the ugliest. It is. Absolutely, it is. And... Um, yeah, I like the fact that you use the sentence, like the, the, you know, the word Holocaust, because some people like, you know, there is such a big thing about using this word. Uh, 
James James Aspey, you know the guy. Like yeah. it was like attacked by so many people for using that word. But actually, if I don't recall wrong, there was a, um, you know a Jewish that was actually part of the Holocaust, and it was like explaining that what the animals are going through is pretty much the same what the Jews went through. Of course, there are two different things. We shouldn't confuse the two, but you know it's still one of the biggest injustice on on planet Earth. Like I don't see the the point of this whole fight that there is between using that word or not using that word. Yeah, anyone who thinks that we shouldn't be using accurate words to describe this injustice are morons. They obviously don't care about furthering the animal rights movement because if they did, then they would use the correct wording. I mean, how many words can we actually use to describe the hell that non-human animals are experiencing because of humans? And if we can't use the word holocaust, which if anything, what is happening to the animals is worse, then what are we supposed to say? I mean, people even, if, if we're drawing the line, if we're drawing the line at holocaust, we have to draw the line because other people are offended when you use the word. Then we have to draw the line at other words too, like murder, rape, abuse, because some people might be offended that those things may have happened to them. They may have been abused. Someone they know may have been murdered. They may have been raped. So then what? All, all of these words are off the table. And then all we're really doing at the end of the day when we play these games is human-centric bullshit is getting in the way of speaking about the victims that humans oppress. So we're putting human-centric nonsense as a primary in the way of what is happening to non-human animals because of us. And I just see that as an even greater slap in the face to the victims. And we don't need Jews to say that it's okay for us to use the word Holocaust. Even if Alex Hershaft didn't come out and say that, you know, this is an apt comparison to what's going on, then it's still completely valid to use that terminology. Sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, what, what kind of like reaction does the public have when they see, you know, those videos, the one that you're showing on the screen? Uh, well, most people know that it's a nightmare, that it's the worst thing that they could ever watch. And so they feel entitled to not have to watch it. Oh, I don't want to watch that. And they just keep walking. And then you've got a large portion of people who scrunch their faces up and get really angry at the fact that they had to, that they did watch it. They're almost pissed off at the fact that we're standing there showing them the truth of what they're responsible for. And then you get a large portion of people who watch it um, and then they actually stop and talk to us about what they're watching. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. And so, you know, I mean, the people might feel threatened in a way because they're grown up in a certain way. And when they are showing the truth, they can feel threatened. And uh, I mean, in a way, maybe it's normal. They, they get defensive. But uh, I've seen many people like in the video that you're showing on YouTube, like getting defensive at first, but then when they understand that there are no reasons for actually uh, exploit animals, in 2021 and they just stop i've seen also some great people that like went vegan on the spa like after a talk with some of you know 
the activists doing outreach and that's absolutely absolutely the best do you have like a story you would like to share about like a person that went there and was like completely against veganism or something like that and then it, it just left you know the conversation and said all right i will try veganism or something like that there's there's too many for me to think about i've been doing this for five years i've probably done i've done hundreds of cubes um that's a lot the, yeah, and we have testimonials that come in all the time from other cubes around the world, and we've had over a thousand chapters around the world at one point, a thousand and eleven. Um, you know, so there are literally too many stories like that that I wouldn't even be able to take one example from. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand what you're saying, and um, I was wondering, you know, like um, talking about like the vegan movement, like. Why do you think there is like so much hate between vegans? And why do you think we are like so divided in a way while we should actually work together to, to end what's happening to animals and, uh, and their suffering? Because most, I would say at least half, and I'm being conservative when I say at least half of the vegans out in this world, are not real vegans. They're, they're in it for human-centric purposes. So they're, they're really vegan because at the end of the day, they want to be healthier. They want to do what's best for the environment. And that really is a human rights thing. It's not an animal rights thing when they say that. They care about the environment as far as it impacts humans. And or if they say they're doing it for compassionate reasons, they're only doing it because they secretly want to be in with, you know, just feeling good about themselves. It's not about the victims. Um, and like I said, this is, this is at least half of the vegans that exist out there. Another thing I want to say is that vegans are just humans, right? That's what, that's what vegans are. They're sure, human beings. Sure. That's what we are. And so and human beings are, um, are petty and ridiculous like this. In every field of work out there, people infight and um, – and, you know, I think people, yeah, so humans are jealous, they, they're hateful, they're, they're, they're miserable. You know, not many humans are actually um, solid people. Like they don't have a very solid mental faculty and a strong character. And, you know, so many people are just terrible people. <laughs> and they just so happen to be vegan. I mean, it, when you think about it, it's not, it's not a big deal, really, when two vegans meet each other and they think they have something in common just because they're both vegan. Like it's when you think about it, right, vegans are just people who agree that slaving, torturing, and murdering non-human animals is wrong is that such a is that such a mind-blowing earth-shattering thing for two humans to agree no, on it's not. you know no, it's it's, not, it's absolutely. Pretty, yeah. pretty simplistic to agree on such a on such a thing but vegans seem to think that when they meet another vegan that oh my god we must have everything in common now like you no know, we just agree that torture and murder is wrong big deal 
But, you know, beyond veganism, what vegans I found tend to find is that they don't really have much in common. <laughs> you know, it's actually rare that you meet vegans where you have, you have stuff in common beyond veganism. Sure. No, you make sense. Like, I mean, uh, we're different. Per we're different people. Like, even though we have the same values, then we can be completely different from one to the other. So, yeah, absolutely makes sense. And, like, um, I have to say that all these, though, talking, going back to the, you know, to the main topic, to, talking about hey, I do think that all these hey actually. Uh, doesn't help the animals like they are the ones that are suffering for the fact that we're so into us into humans like that we don't focus on animals why we should like you know spend our time instead of hating between each other we should actually focus on you know spreading the word and helping the animals and helping you know non-vegans going vegan but not just for them but mostly of course for the animals because they are the ones that are paying for our choices And uh, why do you think there is so much hate? Because there is, unfortunately, so much hate around AV. Well, because AV has, for the last five years now, um, has always been doing something a little bit different to everybody else. And since, since we started, we have gotten more refined in our approach and truer to what we started with what our mission was in the beginning. Um, and to put it simply, we're not succumbing to the woke bandwagon that everybody is jumping on where they think that adopting intersectionality is a good look for their organization when really it is a sellout on the non-human animals that we're supposed to be dedicating this animal rights movement to And we're supposed to be dedicating a movement to them because every, every, every group of beings who are oppressed deserve to have a specific cause dedicated to them because every injustice has nuance and the animals deserve to have a cause dedicated to them. And we've just remained true to that. We believe that veganism by definition is about non-human animals, specifically the ones that are being oppressed by humans. And we believe that animal rights organizations should uphold those values and represent veganism correctly and, you know, and really uphold veganism as an animal rights movement, as an animal rights message, not just a diet or some kind of, you know, trend or virtue flex or whatever people try to make veganism into. So we just see ourselves as upholding the true definition of the word veganism and rejecting intersectionality in our activism and keeping our activism focused on the non-human animals who we're supposed to all be about. And this pisses other groups off and other activists off. Um, you know, there's many reasons why people may feel that way. I don't really know because I'm not a psychologist. I'm not really able to figure these people out. But what it seems to me is that people are either jealous Or, you know, they're mad at themselves for some reason. They're just projecting that out onto us. Like we have succeeded at becoming the most prominent street activism group around the world. No one's doing street activism around the world at a comparable level to us. Not even one group. Um, you know, the Earthings experience still 
occurs, but I mean, it doesn't happen in many cities around the world. And compared to us, I mean, they're, they're not even a group that really hates on us from what, from what I understand. These other groups though, um, yeah, they just become more intersectional. And like I said, vegans and animal rights activists are human beings. So you can't expect to get along with everybody. Um, and, you know, we've made some decisions and we've, we've done some things in the past that were controversial and we've had to do some tough things. Like we had to speak on certain issues last year that we didn't necessarily want to speak on, but we felt forced to speak on and that, you know, it created controversy and, um, and, you know, yeah, we've been, um, blackballed, you could say by certain people in the, in the movement and and since that happened, we've now onboarded the most quality activists that we've ever had. And um, it's all about quality over quantity. Well, it's about quality over everything for us now. So we're still moving forward, but we are stronger than we've ever been. And even though, you know, we don't have necessarily the financial support that we had last year prior to what happened with our large donor, sure, which you may or may not know of. We made videos about it. But my point is, is that, you know, since then, um, we we are moving forward and we're going to continue to move forward regardless of the money because it was never about that for us. And um, our supporters and our activists who are in the AV network really appreciate that about us, I believe. And they, you know, they make up, like I said, we've, we're quality over everything. They make up a strong army around the world. So it's 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 it would be unfathomable to imagine us not being hated on i can understand why people would hate on what we're doing but again this this these come i'm open to criticism that's constructive but the things that that we're seeing from people are just pure hatred and that has to come from some place within them but again i'm not a psychologist so i don't really know the answer yeah no i understand I'm just speculating yeah no i understand and uh I agree on the fact that if you're like an animal rights movement, of course, you have to talk about animals. But do you think that personally we can actually support any other cause or uh, like if you're vegan, we have to support only veganism? Like, No, that's not what I mean at all. Of course, you can support whatever you like. You can support multiple causes. Yeah, no, just wanted to make a Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's fine. I do as many different causes and be an activist in regards to all those course, all those causes that you care about. But when it comes to animal rights, that is a specific cause that is dedicated to animals. That's, it actually has animals in the name. But of course, humans want to make it about themselves and say, well, we're animals too. Well, if we're animals too, then why aren't humans acting that way? <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, I think people know that we're specifically talking about non-human animals. When we say animals, I think people know that, but then they try to play that game. And then uh, they, they also forget that obviously veganism is about the animals that humans oppress. Sure. And so if we're the oppressor, it is beyond dis distasteful and quite frankly, pathetic and disgusting to make it about humans. Sure. Sure, yeah, when yeah. we're the oppressors, 
Yeah, Imagine like slave joke. masters making the abolition of slavery about slave masters and saying, but we're included in this too. You should all fight for yeah, us. It sounds like a They're joke. They're the ones oppressing yeah. slaves though. Makes no sense. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with you. And uh, like, I mean, I wouldn't go to like a person that is marching, I don't know, for LGBTQ rights and say, oh, but what about animals rights though? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like if I'm talking about like animal rights, then it's all about the animals. It's not about humans. It's not about us. It's all about the victims. So I totally understand your point of view. And I just wanted to make sure we, we, we are on the same page here. And yeah, I mean, some people think that just because you said like, uh, it's all about the animals, then all the other problems in the world are not important. Of course, the animal rights is probably the biggest injustice that we, not without probably, is the biggest injustice, but that doesn't mean that you cannot support any other cause. And I just wanted to make sure, you know, to, to talk about it with you right now. So how do you personally deal with hate? I mean, you know, I'm human and, you know, it does bother me. It has bothered sure. me. Um, but I'm at this point in my life where I don't give a fuck. All right. That's, that's the best way to go. Absolutely. And uh, does like mental health play a role in activism in general? Massive. Your mental state is where you live. Sure. So I, I think that mental health is perhaps the most important thing when you talk about health and well-being, because your thoughts are literally where you live. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it did bother me when we would get hate. Uh, I would get a lot of hate from people and it got, it bothered me only because it made me feel like other activists won't want to do what I'm doing because they will be scared to receive the hate that I get. That's mainly why I, I, why it bothers me. It also bothers me that, like you said, you know, animal rights activists work against each other and shit like that. But then at some point, you know, I came to this understanding that I've shared with you now that, you know, vegans are just humans and, and, and the hate is just part and parcel of succeeding at something. It happens in every field of work there is, and it's no different here. We're not exempt from that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I was talking about like also mental health with uh, another animal rights activist called Saul Eubanks. I don't know if you know him, if you ever heard about him. Yeah, I do. But um, yeah, we were talking about mental health as well. And uh, we were also saying like that if you're not like – uh, doing well, if you're not fine with yourself, if you're not okay with yourself, then how can you help others? Like, so it's like, it, it's, it's impossible to help animals if you're yeah. not like in a state where you're feeling like, okay with yourself and, uh, you know, with criticism, as you said, with, Hey, and you know how to deal with it. And, um, it comes down to that. So like I was, I, I want to know, and I will. I want to let people uh, know, like, how can you get involved with AV? Like, what can we do to 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 help you out? Visit jointhecube.com, and if you have a cube in your area, then join the chapter in your area and start attending those cubes, and support the organizers who put the cubes on, and be active with that chapter. You can find that information through jointhecube.com and you can also become an organizer if there isn't a chapter operating in your area 
you can apply to become an organizer through that link as well. If you don't see yourself doing activism with us for whatever reason, um, I mean, of course, we would like to encourage you as best as we can to get out there because this fight won't be fought on its own. But if for whatever reason you're not able to join us on the streets, then you can support us by making a donation through our website that supports our work and it helps us to continue moving forward. Absolutely, because you're a nonprofit after all. So yeah, you absolutely rely on donation, right? Yeah. So do you do you have like uh, a top three outreach tapes that you would like to to share with us? I know there is a lot to talk about. You do workshops, but would you like to share like a few tips to improve our outreach or yeah, to be more effective? Sure. Um, my top three tips are be direct stop pandering and stop talking about health and the environment yeah the 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 last one is is a really good one like i remember when you when you started av i follow you for quite some time i remember when you started av at the beginning you were talking also about health and environment but then you decided to like indeed also like on the t-shirt on the logo or something that was written like l right isn't it yeah and um yeah that's right and and you know that's part of the process of growing for us Absolutely. and refining what we do. We, we came to the realization Absolutely. that we're marginalizing the seriousness of what is happening to non-human animals who are being oppressed by humans when we talk about human health as a benefit or for any reason whatsoever and for, sure, sure. And, and for the environment to be a topic makes it about humans as well. That's a human-centric point. Um, it's also just a waste of time we've learned to talk about these topics because human health is a very personal topic. It's just quite, it's quite ridiculous for us to even be talking to people about their health. Um, when we're discussing an animal rights in, when we're discussing injustice at the other end of them, not changing their diets. <laughs> um, and, and the environment, no one really is an environmentalist unless, you know, yeah, not many people out there are actually truly environmentalists. So it's just a waste of time. Um, and, and the thing is, even if you come across like a minimalist environmentalist person, they're likely to say, I already do enough, so I don't need to ditch the dairy and eggs that I eat. You know, vegetarian is enough. So it's not only counterproductive, but it's marginalizing the seriousness of the injustice that we're specifically supposed to be fighting against absolutely we should like shift the focus on us and move it to the animals because they're the one that have been oppressed so it's not about us as you said but it's about them and um you know what are the next steps for av you know in reaching even more people with, the, with your message um well we're, we're just improving our internal structure as an organization um, improving our functions and we're just going to keep moving forward, continue to refine the outreach approach, continue to onboard quality activists and cultivate a culture within our organization that is unbeatable. We don't really have comparable competitors to what we're doing within this field, but we're still going to act like we do and continue to improve every year. And 
and um, and we're going to do a lot more work on social media as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Looking forward to see what you will come up with. And um, if you before saying goodbye, if you had to say something to a new activist, a new vegan, whatever, and you want to inspire them, what would you say? Stay out of vegan groups on Facebook. Um, or if you do, try to understand that, again, these vegans are just humans and they don't make up the movement. You, you know, it's just stay in your lane and connect with people who you genuinely have a common bond with and keep those relationships just like you, just like you would with any other relationship use the same your same level of discernment and and quality assurance that you, that you you know that you should apply and um speak up for the victims because veganism is about non-human animals it's not about anything else it's about these animals who are being oppressed by humans speak up for them any opportunity you can say something because otherwise the voices of these beings will not be listened to Paul, thank you very much for speaking with us today. And I wish you all the success with uh, AV. And I uh, hope we will reach the goal that we have in common of ending animal injustice. So thank you so much, Paul. Richard, Andrea. <laughs>